Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. I love the Power Glove. It's so bad. Comedian and podcaster Ryan Mogi joins us to discuss the 1989 classic film, The Wizard. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing all... I'm a little... I'm under the weather. You're going to say a little, but it seems like... Yeah, I decided to cut out the qualifier and just say (laughs) I am straight up not feeling well. Um, I stayed home from work today. Uh, Yesterday was not a work day, but I stayed home anyway. I called in sick on a weekend, Mark. (laughs) Not a good way to feel. Well, now if your boss listens to this, you covered all the bases. <laughs> but it's all true. What are you implying? <laughs> I, nothing. I'm not implying anything. Especially with Zelda coming out on Friday, you certainly have no reason to be pretending to be sick. I'm using a vacation day for Friday. <laughs> uh, weather report. A little bit cold. A little, little bit on the cold side. Do you want some or- hot Orlando weather? Yeah, I would love some hot Orlando. I was in Florida last week. It Mm -hmm. was hot. (laughs) Did it rain at all? A little bit. You know, that typical Florida. Sometimes you get hit by... Typical Florida. (laughs) Uh, Good, 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 good. And uh, which weather do you prefer? Orlando weather or Los Angeles weather? Oh, Los Angeles weather. Absolutely. Who needs that humidity? Not me. Not me. Uh, Mark, what do you, what have you been playing video game wise? Well, this trip and airline flights and long airport delays afforded me some time to finally finish Pokemon Sun, hey. Pokemon Moon. I was going to yeah. say Sun and Moon, but I only played Moon. That's right. Uh, well, congratulations. Thank you. Um, clap, 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 clap. <laughs> yeah, we can pause a moment for for the, everybody else's applause. The people who are listening's applause to die down. Right. So just record your applause. Uh, and then email it to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. And then we'll play it on the next we'll play it on the next episode. Well, and of course, since everybody's was listening to this the moment it was released. That's right. Then everybody is applauding at the same time. Right. And then 100%. using those hands to rate and review us. Right. While they're applauding? No, no, no. Right afterwards. Oh, okay. Immediately <laughs> okay, afterwards. Okay, um how uh how did you like the so uh, now that you've you finished like the main the story that's mm-hmm. right um have you played any beyond that or are no. you like it's a checked box in uh, your kind of mm-hmm. uh i i still you know w- enjoyed the game a lot mm-hmm. i think everything we said about it before held up pretty much i by the end i was feeling I guess what I would call like the shallowness of the or simplicity, we'll say not really shallow, just like simplicity of it, especially the way I was playing, which was very, you know, I had my party and I was just marching through and I wasn't, you know, like exploring the world. I wasn't playing a Pokemon game to its fullest. You were kind of just playing it like a role playing game. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's not the best way to play this game to get the most enjoyment out of it, obviously. Um, But I, I did enjoy it, and I'm glad that I, I'm glad that I finished it. Yeah, I would. I have not finished it. 
Um, and that's why I did it was to shame you. That that thank you, and I <laughs> do feel that shame. Uh, I will do my best to express my shame around having not finished that game after saying how much I liked it and how much I was looking forward to it and how much I was going to play it for this show, which I like and don't want to let down. So I'll never get back to it. <laughs> Who has the time? Zelda's coming out on Friday. Zelda's coming out on Friday, as are a bunch of other games and one fewer game than we were originally expecting. Mark, do we need to just get into the news? I think we do. Let's get into the news. Uh... In a statement last week, Nintendo confirmed that there will be no virtual console available at launch on the Switch. Boo. Boo. I mean, I guess it's to be expected. We kept anticipating some sort of direct or something like that. Do you think directs are dead? Uh, was, the, uh, was the Fire Emblem direct not called a direct? I guess it was. It was a Fire Emblem direct. Um, I mean, I don't know. I... Uh, I mean, we're having. There's a, a video presentation tomorrow morning, which we'll get to uh, later in this. But well, I all this, all of this is to say, I was expecting. I kept anticipating another direct before launch, mm-hmm. um, going into more details about the system, and it became pretty clear that, I mean, at this point, it's very obvious that is not happening. Right. Uh, and so I guess it's not that much of a surprise that there is no virtual console, um, but it. It's disappointing. I mean, I think we just have to broaden like our definition of what the launch of this <laughs> thing is, because like so many features are not going to be available, and so few games are going to be available when you can buy the system for the first time. You know that like the launch is really like to. It, it seems like the launch is the next year. Like, this whole year is the launch of the Nintendo Switch, which is kind of a bummer. Like, you want it just to be hot right out the gate, ready to play and do all these cool things that you want it to do. Well, and every time this comes up, I'm reminded this was originally said to launch in, like, last fall. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, the fact that it will be a full year from then, that, like, online features are ready or fully ready like that seems crazy to me yeah what was this thing i mean obviously they pushed it back for a reason but what shape was this in in christmas right and then what made them say like oh no now it is ready like what you like what why why rush to get it out now unless it's like they just need to get it out in q1 or whatever or like zelda was ready i mean it definitely feels like what we're getting is because they wanted to get out this fiscal year. Like, they had to get it out this yeah. fiscal year. Um, the Cat Bailey at US Gamer talked to, uh, wrote an article saying how hopefully the virtual console delay means that when virtual console is released, it will be kind of like the best version of virtual console. Like a, a comprehensive version of it? And I would love if that were true. I feel my feeling is that when it does come out, it's just going to be the virtual console we know and basically kind of hate. Here's here's my my biggest fear is that the virtual console will launch with the paid online subscription thing and uh we will only get access to the two games that they put up every month that like those two games are part of the um paid the paid subscription 
and then they go into the eShop after that, and you can buy them after that. Oh, so like as... I don't think it's two games per month. I think it's one game that is NES or SNES. Sure. I mean, who knows? <laughs> but uh, that would be disappointing to me if it's like one, one game a month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, my, my dream is that everything that's currently on Virtual Console will be there day one. And then, you know, more will be added frequently. Because mm-hmm. I feel like with the past previ- with the previous consoles, you just get that same trickle of games that we get every time. Right, and that's always just disappointing. Yeah, I mean, like it's gonna be hard to get excited about like play Super Mario Brothers three again. Like I, I might buy it <laughs> again. Yeah, but... but like even you know like the few third party games that are on there, it's like, uh, I've already bought this before, so why do why would I have to wait three, six, nine, twelve, twenty four months for it to come back to Switch? You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. ho- hopefully, who knows? But I'm hoping that that won't be the case again. Uh, Fast RMX, Shovel Knight, and Snipper Clips have been moved up to launch games for the Switch, while The Binding of Isaac Afterbirth Plus has been pushed back two weeks. How weird is that, by the way, that like uh, uh, two weeks prior to the system launching, uh, <laughs> Binding of Isaac is like, uh, no, we're not ready. Yeah. Like two weeks? I mean, maybe they ran into some manufacturing or shipping problems. Yeah, I mean, it's probably something that they that they have known for a while and I, just haven't communicated. Because I think Fast RMX, Shovel Knight, and Sniper Clips are all just digital, right? Uh, yeah, that tracks. So, and Binding of Isaac is a... They're also doing a physical mm-hmm. release. So that seems likely to me that they had some, like, manufacturing hiccup. Or some sort of delay. Yeah. And so it's just really easy for these digital titles to just be like moved up. Right. Like just push them out now. And I wonder if um, like the snipper clips thing has anything to do with um, it, it seems like that game has been getting a really positive reception at shows like from from the press. Um, so I, I wonder if they're just like, oh, everyone has been saying good things about this game. And that would be a good foot to lead with. That isn't Zelda. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to be picking it up day one. And oh, yeah, me too. Originally, I was only planning on getting Breath of the Wild. Because mm-hmm. um, 1-2-Switch is interesting, but between 1-2-Switch and Snipperclips, I think Snipperclips is, uh, will be more fun. Absolutely. And probably more rewarding, too. Like, actually solving puzzles in, instead of just, you know, being quicker at pulling a thing (laughs) yeah i'm excited to play it with uh my boyfriend because he doesn't really play video games but i think he'll in he might enjoy like the puzzle game whereas i don't know that the two of us playing one two switch would be very fun for him two person one two switch like alone in your apartment seems seems like it might be more sad than fun (laughs) right whereas two person uh snipper clips that sounds like a good time yeah uh, additionally, Snipper Clips will be released in a bundle with an extra set of Joy-Cons, but I think that's only in Europe, or we've only seen it advertised yeah, it, in Europe so far. That's right. So those extra Joy-Cons that are $90 for the pair? $79, right? $80 for the pair? Sorry, that was splitting hairs and really <laughs> pedantic of me. I'm so sorry. No, that's, I, I don't, I, that's like a $10 difference. Um... And people are talking about how they feel like they're overpriced. So mm-hmm. I think it does make a difference. 
But uh, yeah, so it's the pair of Joy-Con, and I'm sure it comes with like a download code mm-hmm. for um, snipper clips. But yeah, we've only seen it advertised in Europe so far. But I, again, I think that's a pretty compelling product. I hope it makes it out to the States. Yeah, North and America. Uh, with the extra set of controllers is a good, like, it's the only reason that, like, people bought Wii Play. Um, so, like, it seems like a no-brainer. Wii Play, you get the extra uh, Wii Remote. Snipper Clips, you get the extra set of, of Joy-Con. So... Breath of the Wild and Switch impressions are are out there. Reviews mm-hmm. are still embargoed at this point, but um, people are playing Zelda. People are using the Switch, and with that, people have access to code now. And so, some Breath of the Wild data files have leaked, indicating that there are three more Legend of Zelda 30th Anniversary series amiibos on the way. Um, one no- known as like Link Twilight, Link Majora, and Link Skyward. Uh, that's exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what those actually are. Um, and what functionality they have in the game. I, I guess maybe just sure. the same as the ones that are currently in there. I mean, they all have like weird. You tap them in, and something falls from the sky, right? Other than the wolf. Other than the wolf, which is actually runs around with you and is like a companion. Um, but yeah, I, I'm especially excited about the uh, the Majora's Mask one. I wonder if it, it'll be like a Link transformation, like if it'll be the, the Deku scrub. That'd be cool. It'd be cool to get something a little different from these Link Amiibo, which are all nice, but even just like looking at the ones you have over there, are, you know, pretty similar. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like that. I like how different the um, the 8-bit one is. Um, but yeah, the the others, like, you know, it's there, there's kind of a fine line between the... Uh, um, Ocarina of Time one and um, you know, say the the Smash Link amiibo, like they're basically the same. Or like the <clears throat> the Wind Waker one and the Toon Link, they're again like they're different poses, but you've got the same character looking basically the same way. Have you been reading any of the Breath of the Wild impressions, or are you trying to stay pretty much on like Blackout? Um, I've heard a little bit of it, um, just on like podcasts and stuff that I've been listening to, but I. I haven't really read anything and I'm not um I'm not like actively so like I, I'm I'm soft taking it in. Um You're I'm, not seeking it out, but you're not like I'm not av- avoiding it. Yeah. yeah. Um if someone's like we're gonna talk about Zelda for the next ten minutes, I'm not like, Well, I'm skipping these ten <laughs> minutes. Um Yeah, it's it's exciting. Uh people are having a really positive um impressions of it early on. So um yeah, I, I'm I'm excited. Have have you been? Yeah, I mean, uh, from a few people, there are some really get great video game writers out there, and like a Jeremy Parrish, yeah. I'm a really big mm-hmm. fan of, and he wrote up on the Retronauts blog about Breath of the Wild, and um, some other really great writing. And I'm really excited. Yeah, like, I'm I'm excited too. I tell myself that I'm not. That I'm like, I should like temper my expectations. You don't want to get hurt again. I don't, but then I'm reading some of this stuff and I'm like, could this be the best game ever? It might be. It might be. Who knows? (laughs) Uh, So yes, I'm very excited. One thing that's not on here, but has come up in these impressions is there seems to be some sort of possible connectivity problem with the... With the Joy-Con. With the Mm Joy-Con. Um, when you're in TV mode. And it seems to be based on just like interference, you know, yeah. from maybe how you hold it or just how far away you are from the 
cons from the switch um from everything i've read and heard though it's something that fixes itself like fixes itself eventually um that it's not like a persistent problem that will keep you from playing it for very long but like you may find yourself in a fight and you just continue to walk around you know because <laughs> it just keep, keeps holding the left <laughs> button on the uh the thumbstick the more i think about it and obviously when we have it in our lives on Friday, we'll have a better idea of this. But I, I feel like the primary way I'm going to play this is as a handheld. Yeah, probably. I don't know how much time I'll have it docked. And some of that is just like how my life, you know, works. Yeah. Um, Just like with the uh, Wii U gamepad, the idea that you can play it and somebody else can be doing something, you know, like you're not uh, bogarting the TV. Yeah. I think well- is pretty appealing i like the idea too of like i think every time i start i'm gonna start on the tv and then get kicked off of it at some point totally um and that's i mean so the idea just being able to like pick it up and have it like immediately i'm going in the other room (laughs) yeah um yeah really excited uh not all switch games will be playable in tv mode presumably this seems to be that it'll be like restricted to games with a heavy emphasis on touch controls Mm -hmm. but there was some question as to whether you could have touch only games or not because part of the um switch's selling point is being able to like dock it right right, and like remove it and the portability is obviously still there with touchscreen only games but you just won't be able to do tv mode because it requires the touchscreen itself right and that's uh I mean it, that that makes a a ton of sense, um, and I'm I don't know I, I like that there's confirmation that like yeah there are some games that are just touch and like there won't be another way to play them yeah and that again like doesn't bother me no me neither um so the first game the first game that we kind of like got caught for ugh, got confirmation on this is called Voez Voz it's V O E Z it's a rhythm game mm-hmm. it's a launch title in and it's on phones and stuff right now, but it's a launch title in Japan that will be localized in the U.S. a little oh. bit later. Um, have you seen any like video of it or anything? Or not really, not enough to draw a uh, educated conclusion. Mm-hmm. The only thing I've seen is like the uh, title splash art, and it seems to be very. I don't know if you like Japanese anime girls. It seems oh, like your type okay. Of, it seems All like right. Your, but they're not like... So it's a dead or alive <laughs> No, <game. laughs> no, no, no. It's, but it's like the much more like innocent schoolgirl type. That's almost worse. <laughs> but again, this is based on basically no information. Sure, sure, sure. Um, the, I'll let you off the hook there. <laughs> the 2017 Pokemon World Championships will be held at the on the weekend of August 18th at the Anaheim Convention Center in Anaheim, California. There will be tournaments for the main video game, uh, like Sun and Moon, the card game, and Pokemon tournament. Um, we talk about we talk so much about Pokemon tournament. I think then like it comes up so often for a game neither of us have played, and the majority of the world or Nintendo fan base has never played and will never play. Yeah, I mean it's but it's something that the Pokemon World Championships are supporting. I mean. W- Maybe not very many people play it, but the people that do get a lot of support. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> New that, characters. Yeah. All like, the time. All the time. In the Japanese arcade version. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Pokemon World Championships are like a big deal, but um, I can't imagine going. Like, I've always wanted to go to like an Evo or um, some like fighting game um, tournament. Uh, 
but the Pokemon World Championship always just seemed like, I mean, it's just a crazy celebration of all things Pokemon, right? Like, and at best, we are uh, soft Pokemon fans. <laughs> we could barely, like, we deleted Pokemon Go as soon as possible, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, uh, I saw today that it had, Pokemon Go has, has had 650 million downloads. It's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of downloads. Um, I barely, I only finished pokemon moon because i had a lot of time on my hands at the airport and i'm expressing a lot of shame about <laughs> having not finished it so yeah i i agree that we're probably not the target audience for it uh but it's so close to us maybe we should go for maybe we should go check it out as like research uh in an interview published by on Pol- polygon on wednesday bethesda's todd howard said he quote couldn't say end quote whether the version of skyrim that is coming to the switch is the special edition or not to which I say, boo. boo. What do you mean you can't say? I mean, I can understand that previously, like when it was showed up in the Switch reveal trailer, and then immediately they were like, we can't, we can neither confirm nor deny. But we have nothing, we have no comment, nothing to add at this time? Yeah, something Nothing to like announce, that. we have nothing, nothing to, to announce at this like, time. Which like, sure, you know what, I can appreciate that. Yeah. And, but at this point, I don't understand it. I guess I'm willing to say that maybe it's part of Bethesda's long-term marketing plans, right? And so they, at this point, don't want to talk about it. I mean, it seems like it can't be the special edition, right? Right, because otherwise they would just say. Yeah. Do you think it's um, like the original version of Skyrim or maybe some like hybrid of the special? It's like the Switch edition. Yeah, I guess I'm leaning towards it's going to be Skyrim with like motion control setting like the setting the like the graphical settings bumped up a little bit so basically it'll be like a high res what were you worried i was gonna say i was worried you were gonna say that it was like it that it takes place that the setting is skyrim oh no like like it was some like dead space extraction type thing no i think no i i I think it'll be like oh they just took the original release version and you know it's like higher pc graphical settings basically but still the same assets versus the special edition which would be disappointing again coming so late because at that point so late that at point you're not even an hour a year out of the special editions release you're what like four five years at this point yeah out of the, of the original yeah it release? came out in 2012 originally and so. look you've sold me on skyrim like portable skyrim yeah but it's got to be more than that it's got to be more than a five-year-old game on the go totally it has to otherwise who cares yeah i mean i think the special edition a year out is a tough sale yeah so i don't know um hopefully we'll find out more and it'll be good news right uh speaking of good news tomorrow's there's an uh nindy i think that's how we're saying it sure and indie like indie yeah Nindy. Yeah, or is the N silent? Oh, so it's just indie. indie? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, there's a uh, indie games showcase video tomorrow morning, today morning. That's right. Tuesday. Because you're listening to this the second it comes out. So as soon as this is over, you will potentially <laughs> have eight hours until this thing launches. Uh, goes live at nine a.m. Pacific mm-hmm. time. Uh, yeah. So who knows what what what, what information we'll get there? Just about independent develop independently developed games coming, coming to, the, to Switch. the Switch. Which one of these might be the Guardians of the Galaxy 
Telltale series of games because mm-hmm. Newegg today posted a listing for a Switch version of the game. Hey, that's good news. Yeah. Uh, because um, Telltale has been skipping Nintendo systems as of late um, for for their games. And they just won't be for Guardians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that's good news, Mark. I, I'm agreeing with you. Do you have uh, any other um, like hopes for this thing tomorrow? Or are you just... No, I, I don't really have like anything to expect. I don't know if they'll be talking about things for the entire year or just around launch. Uh, a lot of indies seem very excited about the Switch. And mm-hmm. The dev kits are fairly cheap. So it would be cool to see a lot of stuff announced. I f- have a feeling it's going to be more launch focused. Yeah, that's probably right. Are you um are there any indie games that you would like to see on the Switch that uh have haven't been announced for it yet? Not, like games that have come out on other platforms. Yeah, not that I can think of that haven't been announced. I would love to get more information in general on Stardew Valley. Yeah. For Switch. Oh man. Um it might be a little too early for that. Because I think while they're hoping to get it out this year, that it may be further into the year. Yeah. But I would just, I don't know. I'm so excited for that game. Um, I Yeah, me too. Man, that's going to be so fun. That's, yeah. It's the perfect platform for it. Yeah, I really feel like it is. Because I have considered buying it on my PlayStation. But but I, you know it's going to come out in a semi-portable Yeah, format. and yeah. again, like that feels to me like a game that I personally mm-hmm. want to play in portable, like have close to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would like to see some of the um, like couch co-op indie games, like uh, or not even co-op, but like competition, like uh, Nidhogg um, or Nidhogg 2, which I think they're working on right now. It'd be really cool to see that um, on the platform. Um, I'd like to play Overcooked. Um, which might actually be a PlayStation exclusive at this point. Um, but if it's not, it would be fun to see it on um, the Switch because that's a good um, two people with separate controllers could play that thing on the go. Um, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time is another like couch co-op one that would be really neat to have like that you could just like plop down uh, at a party and two people could play. Yeah, I feel like all this couch co-op stuff is such a great opportunity on the Switch. Yeah. And less so... Obviously, the PS4 supports it, and the Xbox One supports it. Right. But it just, fe- like, yeah, the port- again, the portability factor. Yeah, that like, you could take it to someone's house and be like, here, we're, we're going to play this. Yeah, it just seems really exciting, Yeah, the possibilities. So we'll, uh, I guess, talk about that next. It's, that's going to get buried. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. At this point, I guess we have to have news next week, so maybe we don't. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, we got some new releases. We this week. have some new releases. Uh, March third, baby. March third, baby. We uh, the Switch is coming out. The what? Have you heard of this? I have not. Uh, the Nintendo Switch. Oh, Nin- it's it's a new console. So the home like, console primarily. So like I can play Donkey Kong on this thing, right? Ah, you cannot. <laughs> oh. All right, well, I'm out then. <laughs> well, for those of you who aren't out, the Switch is coming Friday. Uh, if you haven't pre-ordered, it will probably be a little bit of a scramble. Target is selling them in stores. They haven't done any pre-orders, so you Ooh. can line up there. Best Buy is supposed to have a little bit of in-store stock, even at the midnight launch places for people who 
Oh, interesting. Are yeah. all stores doing uh, midnight launches, or I don't is it? Think so. It's okay. a significant portion of them, at least in the LA area. I guess I can't <laughs> speak for elsewhere. Um, but Mar- Mark and I will be at the uh, Glendale. Um, That's right in Best Atwater Buy. Village. Mm-hmm. Yep, at midnight, presumably a little bit before. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be there picking up our switches. Um, please don't murder us. Uh, sh- sure. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's implied, but you never know. <laughs> I mean, that's implied in most interactions I have with people where I'm like, hi, my name is Patrick. Please don't murder us. <laughs> uh, so here we go. Switch is coming out. Bing, bang, boom. One, two, switch. Kapow. Super Bomberman R sold out on what? Amazon currently. Interesting. Mm-hmm. People are into Bomberman. Gazinga. Um, Skylanders Imaginators. Boom. Uh, Just Dance 2017. You betcha. Switch and Wii U, The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, and its expansion pass. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> uh, so that's the last uh, Wii U game that Nintendo's putting out. Last one. They're not doing any more after <laughs> Breath of the Wild. They're, they're exhausted. Yeah. What they, more do you want from them? They delivered on what they promised years, years ago. ago. <laughs> uh... But that's not all. We got some eShop games. Mark, tell them what we got. Uh, I am Setsuna. World of Goo. Little Inferno. Human Resource Machine. Fast RMX. Shovel Knight. Treasure Trove. Shovel Knight. Spectre of Torment. The standalone one. Snipper Clips. An Amiibo. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild series. Archer Link. Rider Link. Guardian. Zelda. And Bokoblin. Woo! Yeah. That's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff coming out all at once. What are you picking up off this list? Uh, so the Nintendo Switch, despite what, its inability. Uh, sorry, what, what, the what? Oh, okay. So it's a new... Do uh, you remember Nintendo? Uh, it sounds familiar. It's, uh, you, you played Game Boy, right? You played oh, te- yes. Tetris. Uh-huh. Tetris in, in the backseat of the station wagon. Yeah. Were, yeah. So those guys, uh-huh. um, they make a home video game console... That you can also take on the go. Interesting. Can I play Donkey Kong on this? Okay. You cannot actually play Donkey Kong on it. Well, what are you picking up? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, Switch. I'm picking up. Uh, the Legend of Zelda, the Breath of the Wild on the Switch. I am picking up. 1-2 Switch. I am picking up. And then I will probably also grab, uh, digitally, I am Setsuna, Shovel Knight, and Snipper Clips. So how much approximately are you dropping on this Like lawn? $900. <laughs> Um, did you, did you buy a uh, SD card? Have you bought an SD card? I did card? not. No. I, so I'm I'm going um physical for one two switch. Oh yeah, you won't need any of. You probably won't need it for any of the yeah stuff so far. I'm getting a. And are you getting any accessories? Did um, you pre-order anything? I did pre-order the uh, a second set of um Joy-Con, but I have canceled that. Um, if I need it, I'll buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting the Switch, The Legend of Zelda, uh, Breath of the Wild for Switch, and Snipper Clips. But I might get I Am Setsuna 2, or I might let you buy it and then tell me how it is. Sure. That's fair. Um, no Amiibo? Oh, that's a great point. I don't have anything pre-ordered, mm-hmm. but man, probably. <laughs> I don't <laughs> We'll see. We'll see how crazy I get at the <laughs> at the midnight release. Like there, I may get in there. 
see a bunch of amiibo and just be like, well, this is this, this is just happening. Right. You've already you're already nine hundred dollars in. Right. Exactly. What's another nine hundred dollars? <laughs> and at that point, right. <laughs> I mean, so I recently, we talked about this, right? That I, uh, like, organized and kind of, uh, I have hidden away a bunch of Amiibo so that, like, those that are on display are more, like, special instead of them just being, like, littered around my house. Um, so I don't know that I necessarily need more Amiibo, but these are Zelda Amiibo. I mean, what is need anyways? Great point. We're horrible monsters. We're, I, we're consumers before we're anything else. I bought a, uh, I did buy an SD card mm-hmm. from Amazon. Um, How big? So I, I went for 128 because mm-hmm. it was on sale for 40 bucks. That's pretty so good. That seemed like a pretty good uh, ratio. The, um, uh, so, but it's SDXC. So I'm hoping that day one update that everybody has to download in order to get online. Uh, you oh, hope that it accomplishes. I hope that. it accomp like yeah makes that compatible. But if not, I will just buy one that is. <laughs> um, and uh, you're you're going digital with. I I with am. Zelda, I think yeah. I decided to go all digital, which probably means I will buy my uh switch, start and, it downloading, and not be able to play anything for possibly. Oh, I'm really hoping their server couple sold weeks. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, so that that's a question. Will you um, start Zelda downloading first, or will you be like, I'll grab Snipper Clips because it'll probably be done in. I'll do Zelda because I'm hoping to pick it up, start downloading, and then go to sleep. Yeah, and then play in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because if not, I will have nothing to do with my Switch. Yeah, and that's a weird feeling, right? Of like, here's this thing I just spent nine hundred dollars on. <laughs> Uh, got to be able to do something with it. Uh, all right, and, and no other releases we want to talk about. That's it. It was a ton of releases. A ton of stuff is coming out on Friday. Uh, let's move out of the news. Now it's time for a regular segment on our program. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. For the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of 433. Mark, <laughs> sorry, this is the beginning of the performance here. Um, I would like to talk about being sick because I have been doing that for the last couple days. And I got to say, I'm over it. It's not fun for me right now. Are you in that like stage of being sick where you're like, I've forgotten what it's like to not be sick? Kind of, yeah. Like, we're- I can't imagine life like this is my life now. Yeah, where you're just like, oh, I guess my throat always hurts. I guess I can never string together a coherent sentence. <laughs> might be true <laughs> i always have a headache um yeah i mean it 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 sucks um i'm also getting bored um i stayed stayed home t- from work today and like did nothing yesterday um so i'm kind of like i don't want to watch tv anymore um i tried to go to the grocery store today uh but i got like too tired just like <laughs> driving to the grocery store so I turned around and came home. Are you? Do you have like a routine when you're sick, or like can you tell when you're getting sick? 
you know, do you, like does it happen to you in the same way every time? No, um, because it happens to me differently. So this this time um, that I got sick, uh, my girlfriend was sick last week for a couple days. Um, also was out of work um, two or three days last week, um, and so I could feel myself getting sick on like Thursday of last week, but I had stuff to do over the weekend. So I was like, no, no, I'm not going to get, like I did that mind over matter. I'm not going to get sick until like almost immediately after my obligation on Saturday. And then was like, started, started to go downhill real fast. I feel like the last couple of times I've had just like a cold or the flu, it's Mm -hmm. all happened the same for me. It's like my throat begins to hurt. Mm. And that's my first where I'm just like, yep, I'm going to be sick. And then what do you do at that point then? There's not, like, anything you can really do. Like, yeah, I, I don't know that I do anything different. Sure. Um, and then my nose will get, I'll get very, I'll get, like, a headache. It, like, travels up, and I get, like, super congested. Uh-huh. And then, and my throat is fine after, like, two days. And I'm, so, so then I'm just super congested. And then it, be, then it, like, starts to travel down, and my nose becomes super runny. Uh-huh. And then I develop this like cough in my chest, and the runny nose goes away. And then I'm not sick anymore after however many days. Um, it feels like it happens like that every single time. Do you are you a normal like keep Kleenex in the house kind of guy, or do you have to when you feel yourself getting sick that you're like I got to go out and buy boxes of Kleenex? I guess I usually or do you even not subscribe to Kleenex at all. <laughs> uh, I I think I always have at least a box of tissue around. Every time one of us gets sick. We have to go out and buy some. So are you not like a, I'll just make do with toilet paper, or you know that it'll destroy your nose? Um, I think if I was living alone, I would just make do with toilet paper. But It feels uh, barbaric. Yeah. It, <laughs> like the quiet indignity of having to use toilet paper, too. Yeah. Well, and when like someone else is sick and you're feeling like well, you're like, oh, I can go get this for you. I can't do anything else to make you feel better, so here's the one thing I can do. And then I get sick a couple days later, and I'm like, oh, I'm glad this is here. Does it feel weird that we? it's acceptable to us that t- toilet paper is so rough and coarse? Uh, when it goes on your butthole? Yeah. Yeah, it's maybe. Yeah. Because yeah. even if you you buy, like, luxury toilet paper, it's still not as nice as Kleenex. I mean. Like, brand name Kleenex. I mean. our Brand name Kleenex. Brand name Kleenex. <laughs> Kleenex brand Kleenex. Um, our whole bathroom culture is messed up. Agreed. That we drop our waste into clean, drinkable water and then use a ton of paper to clean up and then like flush it all away. Yeah, and if you had like bathroom residue on your hands, you wouldn't be like, Well, I washed it I wiped it off with paper. Now I'm done. Yeah. So not only not only is it super wasteful, it's not even that clean. It's not even really doing the trick. No, we're disgusting. We are awful. We should all be ashamed. And I am and I will finish Pokemon Sun and Moon. <laughs> Thank you. That's why point. I brought this up. That's why I brought up toilet paper. What is the... So I've been uncomfortable the last two days. We just we just broke a cardinal rule. I know. And I will express shame for that as well. <laughs> I'm sorry. We talked about Nintendo during 433. I've been uncomfortable the last couple days. But I thank my lucky stars that I am not... I'm in no intestinal distress. Oh. I've had no weird poops, and I have not vomited. And I, don't, I haven't had a fever either, but I'm like having those like weird dreams that come with having a fever. 
Um, I don't know if that's like a sinus headache dream or what. Um, last night I, I dreamed that a, a picture was sliding down off the wall. And <laughs> what is this like creepy? There's a, there's a child talking. Oh. There's a child who doesn't understand that this is a performance that's happening. Because why would you understand that? 433 is so weird in real life. It's a weird segment on our show, but it's even weirder to witness someone performing 433 because they're just standing there. A painting a, was sli- so a painting was sliding down the a wall. A painting was sliding down the wall, um, and I got out of bed to like take it down before it you know like hit the ground and shattered. Um, but like I took it off the wall and it was like it was nailed up there. Like there's no way it was sliding. I was just insane in the middle of the night. That's very like, oh, wait, wait, you physically got up? To I physically do- got up and did oh. this. Oh. It's like something out of a horror movie, and then like the picture like explodes into a million spiders. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And that is, what, in fact, what happened. Well, well, I guess we'll never we'll know. Never, we'll, we I guess we'll never know. We'll never know. Uh, today, we were accompanied by a trumpeter whose <laughs> name I can't find on here. Oh, uh, Great. Well, I'm sick, so I'm just going to take that as an out. Um, coming up here, we've got a conversation with um, comedian Ryan Mogi. We talk about the uh, film The Wizard, starring Fred Savage. It's a fun conversation, and let's let's uh, get into that. And now we are joined by Ryan Mogi. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Patrick. Uh, Hi, Ryan. Mark. Oh. Hi. <laughs> we're we're working out a, a microphone sharing program here, so uh, forgive us while we figure figure this out. Um, we're we're going to talk about um, the 1989 classic. I'll say classic, um, The Wizard, starring Fred Savage, etc. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what 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 is your experience with it? Like, what when did you first? I saw this movie a lot as a kid. Yeah, it was on cable all the time. I think I saw it in the theater. I my we got we it got rented for us somehow. Like <laughs> I don't have any memory of choosing it from the video store. It just like showed up. So I guess my yeah. somebody like one of my parents must have decided since it was Nintendo related that it was appropriate. And and you think that was it that they were like, there's a video game thing, Mark likes video games. Well, I had too many siblings, so, I mean, not too yeah, many siblings. Uh, you said but it. I had, <laughs> but I, ha- I had too many siblings for it to be just me. So, I, I genuinely, I mean, I don't even know how Star Wars came into my life, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Divine intervention. Fair enough. And uh, Mogi, you said it was just on It was on cable, cable a lot. lot, and my watching it now i don't think my parents ever knew what was in the movie because it's not really like a good thing for kids to see oh you mean like just encouraging children to run away (laughs) yes uh and con people Uh, yeah it's not good yeah it's one of those weird 80 this was rated pg right it's one Mm -hmm. of those like weird you can't make kids movies like this anymore because this was definitely i feel like aimed at children but i don't think you could make movies like this anymore period like it's so strange and so dark and then has something so goofy stapled on top of it. Like, it really feels like two separate movies to me. Like, mm-hmm. someone wrote a story about an autistic kid trying to come to terms with the loss of his twin sister, and then Nintendo was like, hey, what if we g- got in on that? <laughs> so I was doing some 
little bit of reading about it and we can get more into what actually like the genesis of genesis yeah. of this movie and all that kind of stuff a little bit later um but i feel like we should just talk about i guess like the movie in general <laughs> like what is this movie i'm assuming people have a, a lot of people have seen this but if you're younger than us i don't know if you'd be super familiar with it well so just on on the subject of um uh, autism. I, I did a little uh, research to see like if um, this movie was like held in any kind of like esteem in the uh, like autism community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found myself on a, an autism uh, message board website, um, and it seems like it's being discussed in those circles. But like clearly, the movie doesn't. The movie doesn't talk about it in those terms. They say no. that Jimmy's like traumatized. Right, but also there's kind of an argument that he doesn't need care because yes, that he, that he shouldn't be at the home, even though probably he should be at the home. Well, at the very least he should be in treatment in some way. Yes. And some of it is that his mom is the worst human ever. Maybe all adults in this movie are garbage. People. <laughs> oh, Bo Bridges likes video games. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> is it enough? Ryan? No, it's not. Okay, let's 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 talk about let's let's talk about what this mo- movie is. Can we just give a yeah, brief? Okay, because I mean we're okay. talking about it like everybody right. knows, okay. and I don't know. Yeah. So it's the story of a two brothers on a road tr- on a runaway road trip. Yes, uh, Jimmy, who is the younger brother, mm-hmm. who half brother. Yes. Yes, and Corey, as played by Fred Savage, and they are first on a non-specific road trip, right? Uh, well, just running away. They're just running because away. Because Jimmy has been institutionalized mm-hmm. because he keeps running away. Right. Uh, and Jimmy's only, uh, his only destination is California. It's something yes. that he, he repeats. It's one of the only things that he says in the movie is California. And Jimmy is nine, is nine and mm-hmm. his brother is 13, and they both look those ages. Yes. Which makes some of the events in the movie feel really weird. Because <laughs> they're kids. They're oh, actual yeah, kids. Yeah, they're actual real kids. They run into other actual real kid, Haley, mm-hmm. uh, played by Jenny Lewis, um, and then the movie takes like a weird turn um, because they run into Haley at the same time that they discover that Jimmy is a savant at video games. Yes. Um, and at this point, um, I've been playing video games for 30 years-ish. Um, I've never tried to hustle someone <laughs> with my video game skills it's never occurred to me that that's something i could do are you a jimmy though no i mean definitely i am not a jimmy <laughs> everyone real quick who are you in this movie what's christian slater's character's name the one that's just too cool for everything nick <laughs> oh yeah patrick's definitely yeah, you're a nick. such a nick i wanted to be a Haley desperately when I was watching this movie over and over, I dressed like her. I tried to be sassy like her, but I probably was really a Corey. <laughs> In my, like, my dream is that I was a Haley mm-hmm. for sure. I think I'm more of like a Putnam. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, no. <laughs> Come on, guys. We know, it's, we know it's pretty true. I just don't have the driver initiative. Okay, so Putnam. We have, yeah, we haven't gotten to the part where they're being pursued. They're being pursued by a private investigator. A private investigator and and one pursuer. And right. then they also have another set, which is their ha- the half-brother. 
and Christian their Slater father. and yeah. Bo Bridges are also in a pickup truck on there. Right. To find um, that's Nick and Sam. Yes. Right, are their names? Um, and Putnam is the private investigator who's played by an actor I don't recognize. Yeah. When I, I, re- I watched the trailer before I watched the movie and I convinced myself it was Woody Harrelson. It would be like, so much better if it were Woody Harrelson. Like, That's crazy that I didn't remember as Woody Harrelson. Like, what is happening? And then the movie started. I was like, oh, no, I'm just bad at looking at faces. So if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie, you're probably wondering, how is this Nintendo related or video game related at all? We're getting there. So, no, we, we know why it's video game related. Well, we haven't gotten to the savant. Nintendo. We right. haven't explained that he's a video game savant, but he literally only plays Nintendo. That's correct. He is both good at console ga- like uh, uh, console gaming mm-hmm. and arcade versions. But the only arcade games that he's encountering are those... Um, what are they a let's play free play what are they called uh something play well um, there's like the the 10 right the play for 10 the way yes. it's like 10 games in one yeah so that's that's what he's playing on which is all just um like nes hardware but it's not the same but like you, if you're sure it looks like sometimes it, the, there's like a joystick yeah. layout this, this game this game this movie plays fast and loose with uh controllers and yes. what controllers do and what controllers sound like <laughs> and how you transport a power glove <laughs> Um, but so the 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 whole drive of the movie is to this uh, video game competition in Los Angeles at Universal uh, Studios Hollywood, um, wherein they have to play a new game, and the new game is Super Mario Brothers Three, which is the U.S. reveal of Super Mario Brothers Three. Had not been seen in the states before this movie came out, which I think is why um, it's such a good like topic of conversation for this show. Um, because I remember seeing that and freaking out about, cause this is free internet. Yeah. Um, and like, I think, I think they even had it before, like Nintendo power was showing off, mm-hmm. um, Mario three. Um, so I, I think that's the, the best argument for this being a relevant point of conversation for our show. I don't think it had the same power for me because <laughs> I saw it after yeah. Super Mario brothers three had already been released. Like I'd already played yeah. it. Um, so it wasn't, I, I can't imagine what it would have been like in a theater in my head full of children, mm-hmm. but probably fairly empty. Cause this movie was not like a resounding success. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, I, f- I feel like it, it probably has a, a better place in people's memories than, um, you know, how, how many people actually saw it when it was in theaters. Um, did, so you guys recently watched this movie, right? Yeah, within the um, last 24 hours. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Me too. Um, how, how did you like it? I mean, it hit all the nostalgia buttons yeah. for me. Like, there was literally New Kids on the Block playing in the background <laughs> for several scenes. Like, it was, it was a lot for me. Um, I cried. You did? I what? Di- well, did in, you the, cry? in the scene where they're hanging out in the garage and we finally get the backstory to know how everyone is related to each other and what happened yeah. uh, to Jimmy's sister. Um, it was really sad. Yeah. I, I liked it kind of a lot um, and really found myself disliking the video game parts of it as an adult that yeah. I was like, this, this part of the movie is stupid. There were some parts of that that really appealed to me. Like, there's this. There's a a sequence when they're in Reno, the uh-huh. smallest big city in the world, the littlest, littlest big, big city. city, smallest biggest, biggest little city. <laughs> biggest little I city. I think it's biggest little city. 
I've seen Sister Act a few times. <laughs> so when they're in Reno and staying at a hotel and spending way too much time by the pool, considering one of them had a sibling that drowned and no one seems to care. But anyway, Great point. <laughs> but anyway, Great point. there's a point where Jimmy and Corey are like playing all the different machines and they're and they win a bunch of money and there's a cocktail waitress who's a child. Right. She's just selling gum though. <laughs> Wait, but think about it. Okay. She, she's a child. Who hired her? Children don't work in casinos. <laughs> like crazy. Uh yeah, it, it, this movie I uh Patrick was texting me and he was talking about like, oh like I'm watching it and it's actually pretty good. I think it's I was watching it uh maybe it was in the mood I was in because my plane was I was flying, my plane was delayed, I was operating on like three hours of sleep. And so I didn't hate it, but I, I found it surprisingly bearable. Cause I was <laughs> expecting it because all I remembered from it really were the uh video game parts. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't remember a lot of the other stuff that happened. And I don't know that I was moved by it or that I found it particularly good but i found it interesting in even if it, yeah if it was kind of bad it was at least it didn't feel just like a nintendo commercial like have you guys right. seen mac and me mm-hmm. that like straight up feels yeah. like a thinly veiled mcdonald's commercial mm-hmm. and this felt like yeah there is like some nintendo stuff grafted onto it and that's the thing that i remember as a kid other than that uh song that plays during the traveling montage yes send me an angel (laughs) like i remember that very vividly Mm -hmm. but uh like the nintendo the calling the nintendo hotline Mm -hmm. uh them going to universal studios the power glove like all that stuff is what i remembered as a kid and then rewatching it like all the family drama stuff which was kind of ambitious for a kid's movie even if it didn't really all come together well, and I mean, I guess that's that's what I'm saying is that like there's something here like that when watching it now, I was like, oh, there's there's substance to this movie that I was probably bored by as a kid. Mm-hmm. It's just the it's the total reverse of like just like when I watch Home Alone now where I'm like the last half hour of this movie is terrible. <laughs> and that's what I was reading is that the director, um, Todd Holland, like he and Universal just views it, viewed it as like a quick cash grab and so they weren't interested at all in his take on it, mm-hmm. which was trying to make it a real like family experience and drama with some Nintendo elements. They kind of viewed it as just like, why are we putting all this work in for a naked cash grab? They go to Universal Studios. Yeah. And yeah, they, for the Armageddon. For, for video Armageddon. Video Armageddon, which is, has an audience of only children. Which, and, but then, and I was like, that's crazy. And then we go outside and the people wandering the Universal Studios Hollywood are only adults. So it makes sense. That the adults are enjoying the theme park yeah. while the kids are at the video right. game that's competition. That's how all theme parks, theme parks are. Only adults. You know what's great about this movie's version of Universal Hollywood is um, all of the employees there seem like they're amazing. They're so happy. The guy who takes uh, Jimmy's registration is so amped up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first round is Ninja Gaiden! <laughs> it's insane. It's and great. then the tour guide later is uh, shouting at everyone to shut up and have fun or like sit down and have fun. Um, it's really good. It's all really bizarre stuff. Um, but I don't know. I, that was also fun. 
Yes. I mean, there's an element of this movie too that I liked it, but it was also tapping into when I was a kid. Like the idea, because all of the kids are smarter than all the adults. They have like world weary views on the on things. They have power to change things. Like it, there's definitely it's appealing to a kid who thinks that they should be running things. Totally. My favorite part of this movie as a kid, because I like Nintendo, I love theme parks, I love. <laughs> so my favorite part was going to was when they like get off the tram and they're running underneath the King Kong animatronic. Yeah. And you can like see how it was made. That was so cool to me. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, and and that is, I remember thinking uh, while watching it that like that it's an exciting like use of the space. That like it's one of those things that you can't really um, like block until you're there, and you're like, oh well, the kids can just run down here. Apparently, they had four hours to shoot that. Whoa. Yeah, like they were promised a lot of time, uh-huh. and then they got there, and they were like, yeah, you have four hours. So that kind of tells you how this movie was viewed in production. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, do we know, like, did Nintendo approach Universal? Do we, do we have any kind of idea, like, how this relationship or, like, the, where this film came from? I don't know where it started. Right. Um, I don't know. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I was trying to read a little bit about it, and I couldn't find anything that said specifically where it came from. Um, this was before the Super Mario Brothers movie, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was N- Nintendo's first foray into film. So I, uh, I know that they worked together, but the director had talked has talked about how Nintendo was really hands off. Like they provided them with the things, and apparently, when the Power Glove, which we haven't talked about at all yeah. yet, when the Power Glove arrived on set, it was like a man with a. Uh, a briefcase that with the power glove inside and they were like very secretive and protective about it. But as far as like Nintendo being involved in the script and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't sound like they were at all. It sounds like they were really hands off. Uh, but like the, it does seem like the, the, the movie is making a specific point to use like very recent games. Um, like uh, both, um, Ninja Turtles and Ninja Gaiden came out that summer, like that they were filming the movie. So, like, you know, they're they're using the most recent Nintendo games to try and like, because th- those two games feature probably Ninja Turtles is in like every scene in this movie. <laughs> it it make you think it's the only Nintendo game, especially the only Nintendo game that Nick and Sam play. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's the only one they play. They really like it. They really like it. But I feel like um, with product placement, a lot of times that's kind of the way it goes because you're the providing recent, clearances yeah. you're providing the stuff so you do you send the thing that you want displayed even if you don't have the right to to be you're not necessarily scripting um so uh, i guess a question on that front so nintendo we're saying probably pretty hands-off right um why would anyone like on the nintendo side okay or any filmmakers uh approve changing the sound effects in the in the games i mean it could just be that the post-production didn't have the they thing didn't i have mean because getting the, the sound effects would be like a whole process sure so they're just you, like yeah boing, yeah good. they're just like that's we gonna have, be a jump yeah, no matter we what. have a, we have i guess cassette tapes <laughs> of <laughs> yeah, boings sure. and we'll just use what we have um all right i, guess, I mean i guess I mean, that's yeah it was just it's one of those things that 
for me as a as a gigantic nerd, mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, that's not what it sounds like when Samus jumps around in Metroid. Yes. And I'm like, why why would you change that? I think someone, I don't know. Right. But I defend have, it, Ryan. No, I have most of the time that I've lived in Los Angeles, I've worked in product placement, so I know that a lot of times things are just too big a hassle for someone, so they make a decision. So it feels like to me. It was a big hassle for someone, and they said, "I mean, yeah, yeah I no. mean, that's it. Sounds like that's how a lot of decisions were made on this movie, you know, where it's just like, oh yeah, you have four hours to do this thing, kind of really complicated, you <laughs> know, done, scene. You'll get it done. Uh, sound effects. Children are stupid. It doesn't matter what the sound right. effects are. Like, did you notice it as a kid? Do you remember? Uh, I had no idea. Probably though. Like, just knowing how obsessive I am about uh, those games, like I probably noticed." Um, when like music wasn't lining up mm-hmm. with, especially Ninja Turtles, because I played that game a ton, um, or like uh, during the the end of the movie when they're playing Super Mario Brothers three, and they're like, uh, Jimmy starts over again at w- the beginning of World Two, and I'm like, that's that's one three, that's not, <laughs> that's not World Two. Well, that's the thing that I remember uh, so much about that scene is because I had already seen Super, I'd already played Super mm-hmm. Mario Brothers three. The thing that was interesting to me was seeing the changes from that version of the game to the final version that I actually played. Well, so the the crazy thing is the game was already out in Japan by the time this movie came out. So like it that was World 1-3. It always was. Oh yeah, I guess that's a good point. I had never really considered that. I don't know. It was probably easier for someone. <laughs> someone in the chain was like, yeah, let's just take it. I, it was bugging me that they knew to call the warp thing a magic flute. Yeah, because it, it doesn't, like, it doesn't like, read like flute. No, I mean, because I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, maybe if she was thinking of Zelda, then she like could figure out that that would be a warp tool. Sure. But I was like, you wouldn't know to call it that. Uh, also, <laughs> there's some point where Jimmy gets the warp whistle and Haley yells, uh, with the warp, he can jump worlds. Yep. That's what he needs a warp to win, she says. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just in case we knew we're well, prepared. So that, that part's fine to me. Because like, you have to accept, you don't actually get points when you warp in Super Mario Brothers 3. Fine. Whatever. I can, I, can, I can accept that that gets him a lot of points in Video Armageddon. That's fine. Um, but like... So it makes sense that she would say uh, he needs it to win. But to say that with the warp, he can jump worlds. Like, who are you clarifying for? That's like, oh, he, oh, jump worlds. Okay. Oh, that makes more sense to me than warp. <laughs> like, it's all nonsense, right? Especially because nobody had seen this game at this point, right? Yeah. What did she know? <laughs> How did she know that? <laughs> no idea. She did spend an awful lot of time on the phone with the... Uh, Nintendo Power yes, Pro I, I, line. I feel like maybe they developed a closeness. He slid her some information. Oh, he he let slide some uh, well, embargoed she, yeah. information. Well, she talks like a grown woman. What do you <laughs> What are you implying? Right? I'm saying that maybe there was like some flirting. Also, how much that's expensive, right? To talk to. But they the were also Power hustling. I mean, yeah. So they had money coming in. Did they have to pay an an entry fee for Jimmy? I forget already. Into Video Armageddon? Yeah. I remembered in my memory of the movie that they did, but when they're signing up with that guy, he's just, hey, you're Jimmy, you're in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's established later. I, I feel like we've been remiss because we've been talking okay. about this for about 20 minutes, and we have yet to mention possibly the most infamous part of this movie, 
which is, of course, Lucas Barton and the Power Glove. I'm sorry, we keep driving away from the Power Glove and you keep driving <laughs> back to it. What do you want to say about the Power Glove? I know what you want to say. I don't have really anything to say other well, well other than we should talk about it. Yeah. You don't want to say it's so bad? Uh, no, it's very bad, right? <laughs> it's one of the more like, this is ridiculous. No, that's what he says. Oh, he says it's bad. Yeah, he says... Do you? Yeah, that's like the most infamous. <laughs> that, part that's of the movie. what I thought you it's were like, gonna say. Yeah, I thought you were gonna like, quote oh, it. Oh, it's the power glove. It's so bad. <laughs> Which I don't know. He says, "I love the power glove. It's so bad." Which, and maybe I was too young in the eighties. But I, do people really call things bad for good? I mean, I don't know because again, I was too young to really. They seem to in movies they and do pop in movies. culture, yeah. but I don't know if people really did would be like, that's so bad. Like radical, right? Yeah. That's what, yeah. Do you think it's like short for badass? And oh. that's why, like, so you say that's so bad. But yeah. Like, yeah. You're, <laughs> yeah. The wink implies the last part. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that tracks and tracks for this movie too, yes. right? That like, it's trying to be a little bit more adult than it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Okay. Let's talk about. Oh my gosh! Let's talk Lucas. about the power glove and Lucas. First of all, they're intertwined. Yeah, they are because he is like the personage of the power glove, right? Yes, in he's also movie. the personage of like that guy in your neighborhood who had a power glove or had like some stupid thing that was so cool. Did either of you know anyone who had the power glove? Did not. No, me either. Uh, my buddy Pete, who listens to this show, uh-huh. had a power glove. Um, he is not. <laughs> he is not Lucas. You're not Lucas, Pete. Don't let anyone tell you you're Lucas. Um, but that thing was terrible. Like, it was virtually unusable mm-hmm. for its intended purpose. Um, it had, like, all the Nintendo buttons on it. Um, so you could play a normal game just, like, on your forearm. Yeah. It was pointless, though. Um, and if you tried to do any like, steering with it like he does playing Rad Racer. Is it Rad Racer mm-hmm. he's playing? Um, that you would be no good at it. Well, Lucas has practiced a lot. Yes, he has. He's one of the three best people in America <laughs> at playing Nintendo. Was the because this basically a, a, acted, oof, acted, <laughs> acts. I don't know. Like like a commercial for yes. the Power Glove. But even as a kid, I was not swayed by this. Like it didn't even look particularly mm-hmm. interesting or fun to me. So there was a. I forget what it's called. Uh, maybe handball is maybe just what it's called. But a, a game that used the power glove very specifically where um, you were throwing a ball against a wall and then like catching it. It was basically like a, a, a brick breaker, but in um, instead of being like up and down, it was like a foreground background kind of thing. Um, and so you use the power glove. And so your mo- the movements of your hand track the movement of your cursor in the game and you closing your fist, close the fist so you catch the ball. And so it was actually like a, pretty good application for that hardware and was kind of neat but like they don't show that off in this movie it's no. it's a bad commercial because like you can buy wheels for a racing game that handball game or whatever it was called i think that came out very late in the power mm-hmm. gloves life um there's actually a really great youtube video by a gentleman named the gaming historian and he goes into the history of the power glove and it's actually really fascinating. This is not a good 
showcase for what it was intended to be or even because that like a uh, handball game is actually pretty cool when you're thinking that they're doing this on mm-hmm. nes hardware well and narratively it functions as the villain's like sword like it's not like narratively it's awful like why would you want the thing that like the most the biggest jerk i mean i guess for, except for the people who stole their money and then those people who stole the hat. Right. There are bigger jerks. There are bigger jerks. <laughs> but no. Not with as much curls. No. His no. curl and jerkness, if you add it together, is the worst. Um, it's also, I mean, I guess they just had to cram this thing in there. But it's a shame that there's no way that the Power Glove like comes back at the mm-hmm. end. Um, that like they have to play a Power Glove game or, I don't know, anything. It just It's there for one scene. And it's one of the more transparently like... This is a commercial for this Nintendo mm-hmm. product. Yeah. It's also there to create some jealousy for Haley and Corey. Uh, <laughs> it was so bad. Do we need to talk about that relationship? Sure. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I don't have a ton to say about it. I mean, she's, she's going through some things. She's been abandoned by her whole family. Jenny Lewis is great in this. She like, is great. Like, I think it's one of those... Um, this is maybe I don't know if she had done stuff before this, but I feel like it's one of those things where you look at somebody and you're like, "Oh, you have it, mm-hmm. whatever it is." Absolutely, she's the real deal, like for sure. Because Fred Savage at this point was probably possibly the most famous person in this movie. Uh, he's the only name uh, mentioned in the trailer, and this yeah. is in a movie with Christian Slater and Bo Bridges. I think Bo Bridges in the world probably was more famous. But to the target audience of this movie. Because I feel like uh, The Wonder Years was at its height yes. in 1989. Um, but yeah, it's their relationship, because it is sort of chaste, considering yeah. how adult everything else is in the movie. Yeah, well, and like the everything around um, Haley like gets uh, adulted up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like she yells about uh, Putnam, Putnam. Am I? Yeah. Yeah. Grabbing her breast. Oh, but she doesn't have breasts. Right. So it's fine. So it's fine. Not a big deal. This is he. This is him complaining. This is the Mark character that we're talking about. Right. This is this is Mark. Mark tried to grab her breast. <laughs> and uh, Mogi, you said you were <laughs> Haley. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I accuse people of sexual assault all the time. So this Putnam is on the phone at one point mm-hmm. trying to get. Haley's address by calling an operator and muttering to himself about how he didn't touch her breasts. Yes. And, and the operator gives him a couple addresses to check out. Well, yeah. And she is paying the phone bill because that's how you get in the yellow pages. Sure, sure, sure. But he's, he's looking by last name. No, he found three Haley's. No, he found three Brooks's. Okay. Not, not three Haley's, okay. I, don't, I don't think. How many Haley Brookses are there in uh, Reno? Mark? <laughs> well, but again, the point is, unless she's paying, yeah. Haley Brooks wouldn't be in the phone book at all unless she's paying the phone bill. Right, but A. Brooks. Yeah, her dad. Her dad is, a, is Brooks. How old is she supposed to be in this movie? I think she's supposed to be the same age, 13. 13. I think. Was, there's just so much that happens in this movie that is like really upsetting. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, when they get their money all stolen by the creeps in the, the truck and those the two guys the driver and his friend physically throw them out of the car and steal their money yeah but the music cue there is so jaunty and silly <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I feel like the like breast grabbing thing is also kind of played for yeah, laughs. Yeah, but it's it's not funny. <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, we were a lot chiller about yeah, you're uh, right. molesting young women in 1989. It's true. Um, I mean, even just the relationship between, I forgot their names already, uh, Christian Slater and Bo Bridges. Nick and Sam. Nick and Sam. That hotel room is filled with pain. Oh, yeah. It's really upsetting. It's how old do you think um, Christian Slater's character is in this movie? 16? Yeah, I was going to guess, like, I think he's supposed to be like 16, 17. He seems a lot more adult to me. Like, he seems like he maybe went away to college, came back, and then has been helping his dad. Oh, wow. Well, like as Ryan was saying, I, it, the children are written as adults. And that's mm-hmm. like when you're talking about like their relationship, uh, Corey and Haley's relationship, mm-hmm. how it's chased, but it's very like they say things that are, you know, yeah. you're like, oh, no child would ever say this. And that's, you know, it's because it's adults writing it. Yes. In that kind of feel, I feel like, I mean, Jimmy doesn't say much, but he feels like, I guess to me, the most accurate like child mm-hmm. um, like portrayal. But even but even he's incredibly, I guess, like self-aware in a way I don't think most adults are. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've never been able to articulate when I don't want to quit something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I'll, I'll just keep suffering through this, I guess, <laughs> or quit and go home because it's hard. <laughs> yeah, no, Jimmy's uh, realized or actualized or mm-hmm. whatever. Well, he's also on this mission that is so secondary to his brother's mission and what is his brother his brother's mission yeah is to prove Mm -hmm. that he that jimmy doesn't need to be institutionalized because he can play video games really well right because he has value that he can demonstrate yes by winning fifty thousand dollars at video armageddon his mom and dad both kind of are impressed well the mom is so bad (sighs) i mean the stepdad's pretty bad oh the stepdad is the worst (laughs) okay the mom is is at least given a little bit of shading, but she's oh man. Yeah. Um also is there just in terms of like things being like too grown up or too mature, um, is this a weirdly almost apocalyptic view of the American West? Like as they're traveling from one like desolate city mm-hmm. to another and like living in these enormous truck graveyards, like it's so weird and so grim. Absolutely, and the it that plays into everyone stealing from each other, and uh, you can't trust anybody, and kids grow up really fast. Yeah, it's kind of a western. It is kind of a western, and then they end up in L.A. Yeah, but yeah, it's it does have that kind of they're on the frontier. <laughs> no, because they are. They're no, like, yeah, I, mean, I mean, when Jimmy and uh, oh my gosh. Corey? Uh, Jimmy and Corey leave. They leave on foot into yeah. the mountains yeah. of Utah. You could die from exposure. <laughs> it's crazy. And dehydration. I wish that we could record two parts of this podcast. One, when we were like 10 or however mm-hmm. old we were when we watched it. Because I think that would be much more focused on the Nintendo stuff. Yes, Because totally. this one, we're like really like deconstructing like the plot of this movie, which viewing it now, you realize why it wasn't well received because that's the, it's like the two parts of the movie are at odds with each other, mm-hmm. right? It's like the more adult um, 
like family relationship stuff that we're talking about yeah. a lot about now versus this like helicoptered in moments where it's like, and here's the video games you love. Video games, video <laughs> games, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. All right, all right. Then let's steer it back. What, what, uh, what video game things uh, in this movie were you actually excited to see this time? Or was there anything that you saw this time that you were like, oh, I like that game? Or anything that you responded to in any way whatsoever? Well, it's been a while since I played Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. So it was fun to just see it and, and be like, oh, yeah. I remember. And it's a great game. Yeah. So that's a great thing to be reminded yeah. of. Um, I always like seeing uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that original NES game, because it was so hard and so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I wish they ever showed anything beyond like either the, the very first level or the um, diffusing bombs underwater part of the game. Because the game gets really uh, weird uh, later into it. Um, and Sam, Bo Bridges talks about it a little bit where he's like, I got the scroll weapon and I almost beat, uh, Mecha Turtle, um, which it like, that is a cool part of the game. I don't know why they don't show it. And it's gotta just be the same, like, oh, that's hard. Someone's got to play to the third (laughs) level. (laughs) Someone's got to get past level two to to capture that. For me, uh, seeing the Nintendo power hotline Mm. where you're like, oh, it's, like a little, I mean, obviously it's staged, but it feels a little like behind the scenes, you know. Absolutely. The Ninten- and I was never allowed to call it a Nintendo Power Hotline because it's so it was so expensive. Yeah. But there was no internet, so there was a lot of games that I would just end up being like, I don't know how to get past this. So it was always the dream to call Nintendo Power Hotline, and so it's it's still fun to me to see that because I'm sure these were just kids being paid minimum wage, but it feels like s- such a dream job. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. It's also uh, at at some point Haley mentions that she picked up these power magazines. Yeah, she doesn't she call mean, it Nintendo Power. She didn't say Nintendo Power. Is that like a rights thing or? I don't know. I mean, it's weird. They don't. They rarely, very rarely say Nintendo in this movie. That's a great point. Yeah, I think they say it when you, they're panning through the uh, the call, call center, the hotline, mm-hmm. and someone says like Nintendo Power Hotline or whatever the name of the hotline is but that's there i think that might be the only verbal mention yeah that's what makes me think that it wasn't really like uh that it was more like a script that somebody wrote with insert video game here right and Mm -hmm. then maybe universal got a hold of it and was like oh do you know what's hot right now nintendo and then got like nintendo to agree to some of this stuff versus a like deep collaboration between nintendo and the filmmakers um, I wonder if uh, it's also just part of not wanting to, um, like, date the movie, even though it's obviously horribly dated now. Mm. But, like, um, you know, one of the, like, funny things in Blade Runner is that, like, Atari is the, like, home entertainment system yeah. that, like, uh, exists in that universe that they're just like, well, we don't know that Nintendo's going to be around. Because, like, you know, this is one system into Nintendo's uh, video game. Yeah, but th- I maybe that feels l- like I can't imagine that's super important to them because it's not like Blade Runner where it's supposed to be a vision of the future. It was a moment I'm in just, time. I'm just saying that this film as, is as important as Blade Runner, Mark. I don't think I don't what. Who's gonna argue that? I don't. Understand. I mean, they could exist in the same. I I'd be willing to believe that this that the wizard is in this Blade Runner universe. Yeah, <laughs> Jimmy Woods is really key to how we get to Blade Runner. Yeah, okay, I believe that. And Lucas is a is a future um uh, robot. Uh-huh. Yes, better than Prometheus. 
There we go. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. guys, uh, do we do we have any further thoughts on on the wizard on this movie? I'm glad I got to revisit it with you guys. I I am too. I I I really enjoyed watching this movie. Mind you, I've been home sick uh, for the last like two days, so seeing uh, a movie that I've seen a bunch of times made me feel good, um, and I've not felt good very much in the last mm-hmm. two days. Uh, Oh, I have one more thought. Sorry. Because yes. we didn't talk about it. But I liked that they gave us, even it was a very token situation, that they put a girl in the top three. Oh, yeah. Because they're really, we didn't see a lot of girl gamers. And I was like, that was nice that there was a girl in the top three. Yeah, Mara. that was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I guess I liked revisiting it. It was just so funny to watch it because in my head I was like keyed up for all the video game moments Mm -hmm. and there's really not that much of it like a good chunk of the running time is just all the family drama and all that kind of stuff but yeah and at the end when they make it to the dinosaurs and all that kind of you're like remember when you're like this was a commercial for Nintendo (laughs) and it's it's really not yeah (laughs) Remember when we were a family? <laughs> oh. And those dinosaurs, of course, are also in uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he also goes to Universal Studios, right? Or just a studio? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. It's been a while since I've seen Pee Wee. I don't know if they say Universal, but that's another studio tour I wish I got to go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, uh, I think that probably wraps up our, our discussion of, um, of this movie. Uh, you can you should check out all of everything else that Ryan Mogi does. By the way, Ryan, plug plug some stuff. Plug some stuff. Okay. Um, I do a podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer called an Hellmouth. excellent podcast. Oh, thank you very much. You're uh, welcome. It's called Hellmouthy. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, and we're working our way through Buffy and Angel right now. And I. Oh, oh, I'm so busy. Uh, <laughs> I also uh, do a advice talk show with a nerdy edge with host of NCS, Patrick Ellers. That's right. We have this. We have this <laughs> Facebook live show called Same Day Shipping. Yes. Uh, it is all relationship advice, both um, fictional and real. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find that on Facebook. Yeah. With two of our friends, Kelly Nugent and Colin J. Morris. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have, so if you really have been listening to the podcast and you're like, oh, those two could give me good advice, you can tweet at us at Shippledips. C H I P P L E D I P S. Okay, so she said C H I P P L E, but it's S H I P P L E. Because I didn't want to say nipple. We always end up saying that, and I, it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> uh well thank you ryan for joining us um, oh my god thank you guys for having me this was so fun yeah i had fun mark did you have fun i'm kind of a putnam oh Aww. putnam well then i better run <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's gonna do it for this episode of nintendo cartridge society um remember if you have any questions or you want to say anything about um this movie we just talked about. The Wizard. The Wizard, thank you. Um, you can email any questions or comments about it to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Um, and you can always, of course, follow us on Twitter. We're at Nincart so- Society. Oops, I almost messed it up. It's not Nincart Sock, it's Nincart Society. Um, Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. 
Uh, Mark, anything else to say before we uh, we head on out of here? I don't. I don't think so. I don't mean to be uh, pimping you out. Just <laughs> say you I just, just say no. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, if you do have a second, uh, we would love if you would rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, all of that good stuff. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions and Ryan's for that matter, all three of us write for a site called Retcon Punch. We write about comic books. Um, Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our music is made by Ape Betty. You can find more of Ape Betty's music on apebetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying, he touched my breasts, and thanks for listening. What's a creative podcast network?